Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback, out of the shotgun, first and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker who rips him down inside the 25-yard line. <laughs> On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome, everybody, to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. Hope you all had a glorious weekend. Of course, I got a case of the Mondays, but that's always a good thing. Some people are taking the day off. Not us. Not me. Not the good folks here at The Ticket. We're here. Is it even work, though? I get to watch sports, talk about sports, watch Husker sports, talk about Husker sports, watch national sports, talk about national sports. Ladies and gentlemen, I guess I'm here at what you would call work. I got no complaints. Life is good. Well, thank you, fine folks, for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoy some of the things that I chat about here on The Ticket. I sure love doing it. Every Monday and Friday, I'm live from noon to 1 p.m. Central Time. Grab your lunch. Join me, as I like to say, hopefully. At some point, something un poquito inteligente comes out as I speak about 40% correct Spanish there. But every Monday and Friday, I'm live. Tuesday, Thursday, check out the Character Chronicles Big Ten show every Wednesday, noon to 1 p.m. Central Time. Former Nebraska All-American quarterback and a good buddy of mine, Steve Taylor, drops that knowledge as well. Noon to 1 p.m. Central Time, the fastest hour in radio each and every day here on 93.7 The Ticket. Now, if you listen to my show on any sort of a regular sort of somewhat basis, you know I always come over prepared. I legit have, let me count, one, two, three, four, five, six pages of notes, okay, that we're going to go through today. See my wonderful C handwriting. Once got that grade in elementary school. Mrs. LaSalle was legit concerned for my safety. She's like, your dad's going to be mad. All A's in a C in handwriting. He, he didn't like it simply because handwriting is half effort and uh, half genetic. So I blamed it partially on him, mostly on myself. He didn't like that either. Some of that story is true. Some of it's not. I'll let you figure out whatever you think is or is not true. But we're going to do some Nebraska baseball. Nebraska basketball. Steve Sarkeesian gets quite the extension and raise with that team from down south that shall not be named. Also, a Division One head football coach leaves his team in the middle of spring ball. I'm telling you they got to fix college football. They're going to lose more coaches. In the middle of spring ball, Georgia State has to postpone their spring game to find a brand-new head coach because their head coach left to be a coordinator somewhere else. We'll eventually get to that. Also, Deion Sanders, I tweeted this out. He's projecting that Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter are going to be the number one and two picks in the NFL draft. Also, I have a sneak peek of what their ratings are going to be in the upcoming college football game. And that's all before 1230. Then I'm going to be joined by my former Husker teammate, a three-time All-Big 12 performer, a 10-year NFL vet, Mr. Matt Slauson. Him and I used to have fun, or not fun, whatever you want to call it, going one-on-one in Oklahoma drill, one-on-one in pass rush drill, nine-on-seven team blitz drill. Let's just say we got to know each other a little bit. 
I'm also going to call him out for hitting me in the back in the NFL. <clears throat> this is my opportunity to call you out, Matt. You're on deck in 20 minutes. But let's light this candle with Nebraska baseball. So preseason, okay, the Big Ten coaches predicted that the Huskers would finish fifth in the Big Ten behind Iowa, old Field of Dreams team, Mr. Kevin Costner, the fighting Kevin Costners themselves, and Indiana, Maryland, and Rutgers. Now the Huskers, they're infield, mostly new guys, not too many changes in the outfield, and some resets in the bullpen as well. They opened the season with a 4-1 to victory over Baylor. Okay? I'm sorry. A year from now, I'm not going to look at the Big 12 as a power conference. I'm just not. They're going to be all the Power 2 conference team rejects all into one conference. Be offended if you'd like. It's the truth. Facts don't care about your feelings. All right. They won their first game of the year against Baylor, 4-1. to Now, that's the first win Nebraska baseball's had versus a power. They're still a power conference team. A year from now. That's not what I'm going to call them, but they're still a power conference team. Their first win versus a power conference team to start off a year in quite a few years. All right, now they dropped the next two games. Lost to the Red Raiders of T-Tech, 3-6. Oklahoma, our good buddies, 6-7, to seven, close game, hard fought. Now, a year ago, okay, Nebraska hit a lot of long balls, a lot of home runs. If you don't know, I was highly entrenched in baseball growing up and to this day. Basketball is actually my favorite sport as a kid. My dad wouldn't let me play football until I got older. Baseball is the sport I was best at. Basketball is the one I liked the most. Football is the one I ended up doing the longest and probably my favorite sport now. But I love all sports, an eclectic mix of sports, just like I have an eclectic taste in music. Like, I'll go from Metallica to Garth Brooks to Eminem to, yeah, I'll say it, NSYNC or something like that, okay? Um, I'm all over the place when it comes to music. Praise and worship, I'll throw it all out there. Okay, go back to country then. And then I'll go to God's country, but the rock version. Check that out if you have it on YouTube. It's pretty good stuff. I digress. Let's get back on topic. This is obviously a young season. Just started out, first three games in. But I'm curious and I'm looking forward to see what Nebraska baseball and Will Bolt can do this year. I really am. Like I said, there's some returning guys in the infield. There's some new. There's some resets. It's going to be an interesting, intriguing season. And I've never talked about Nebraska baseball as much as I'm going to this year, and I'm looking forward to doing it. Now, Nebraska basketball only played one game in the past week. What are they, on the football schedule? Good grief, how lazy can you be? I'm just kidding. All right, but Nebraska basketball dominated Penn State. Now, they only led by six at halftime, okay? But they outscored the Nittany Lions 40-27 to in the second half to pull away. Won that game. 68-49 to was the final score. The Huskers shot 91%, technically 90.9, but if I'm rounding, 91% from the free throw line. Penn State shot 50%. That was a huge edge to the Huskers, obviously. Now, Nebraska didn't exactly shoot great from the three-point line, and I think that's why the game was closer for longer than most of us would have expected. I expected Nebraska to win. I kind of thought they'd pull away. I kind of thought they'd do a little bit sooner. Now, you never know what to expect out of this team. They've, they've proven they can play with and beat anybody, and they've kind of shown the opposite, too, just trying to find that level of consistency. And I will give them this. When they struggle at something, Hoiberg clearly addresses it, and then they get better at that thing in the next near future and future games after whatever it is they were struggling with. Like, I'll get to rebounding here in a second. Okay. Nebraska not great from three-point range, 421, but they played solid defense on the day. Held Penn State to 18 of 54. Not a math major, but that's a field goal shooting percentage of 33.3%. Random sidebar, when I was a kid, 
when they would talk about field goals in basketball, I would get so confused. I'm like, what? What are you talking about field goals in basketball? Are they kicking the ball through the hoop? I don't get it. And then for the longest time, I thought they were worth three points. Obviously, they should be worth three points because that's what they are in football because everything should be mirrored after football, right? Haha. <laughs> so anyways, from their two-point two point shooting percentage, field goal shooting percentage, I finally put together one day, I don't know, about sixth, seventh grade in middle school. All right, they held the Nittany Lions, like I said, to 33.3% on their field goal shots. All right, now, the big thing that stood out to me, this is the, field, uh, the uh, rebounding thing that I was talking about. Big thing that stood out to me was the out-rebound of the Nittany Lions, 42 to 31. Okay, when you think back to Nebraska's recent losses, Illinois, Northwestern, they had been out-rebounded by 24 rebounds, an average of 12 rebounds a game in those two losses. Okay, so addressing that rebounding, that getting that rebounding advantage as opposed to a gigantic disadvantage. I mean, this is this is pretty basic. When, when I'm when I'm coaching kids, everyone wants to shoot. Shocker! Everybody wants to score points. Everybody wants to shoot. It's actually not as hard to get kids to buy into playing defense as you might think. You know what is hard to get kids to buy into do? Rebound. They don't want to box out. They just want to stand there and reach. Looks like a bunch of baby birds trying to get food from mom, trying to get that ball out of the sky on a missed shot. And once I sat down, I was like, think about this. If we get, let's say both teams, if we are equal in the rebounding advantage, let's say both teams just take 50 shots in a game. And let's say we all both get, you know, same amount of rebounds. But let's say all of a sudden we out-rebound them by 10, okay? That means we get 10 more shots. That's a potential of 20 more points. So it's, it's something even kids can understand. The more rebounds you get, more opportunities you get to score, which is exciting to them, and the way better opportunity you have to win the game. So to me, that's something that's hard to get kids to buy into, and sometimes it's hard to get older kids, a.k.a. college kids, to buy into too because learning where the ball is going to bounce. Dennis Rodman used to have shooters shoot, and he would just watch where the ball would go. He wouldn't even do anything. He would just watch, and then he would start to position his body, and then he'd work on boxing out. That's how a guy that really wasn't that tall. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, it really wasn't that tall. Is arguably the greatest rebounder of all time. It's funny, I watched a thing on him on ESPN maybe two years ago. He actually, he played at a small school. I forget the name of it. And he wasn't even really going to play college basketball. He didn't play that much in high school. He was short. And before his freshman year of college, he shot up like eight inches over the summer. And then he ended up playing college ball at a small school, ended up obviously having quite the career, winning championships at the Pistons, the bad boy Pistons, and winning three with the Bulls. Okay. After Horace Grant and uh, Jordan Pippen weren't getting along that great after they won three, Jordan takes his siesta, goes, plays baseball, actually does pretty well for a guy who took that much time off. Baseball, I, I could argue you could take a year or two off of football, depending on your age, come back and do decent. Because a lot of that, 
there's skill, there's technique, but baseball, the, the, the defined skill that you have to refine and the technique and the little intricacies are insane compared to any other sport. Golf. Golf is about the only one that I could think of that's got more technique and intricacies than just about any other sport I can think of. So actually, Jordan doing what he did in the minor leagues. I know some people laughed at it. He actually did pretty good. And I know some folks who were actually there, and they said he, he outworked everybody. And the fact that he did what he did shocked everybody. Now, obviously, it wasn't good enough. He comes back. He wins three. Rodman joins him. They, win, they do another three-peat. Okay. But my point is simply this. The art of rebounding is overlooked. Knowing where the ball's going to bounce based on the trajectory of the shot is something that Dennis Rodman understood. And then boxing out, getting in position, fighting for it. Doing a lot of, uh, how do I put this, uncommon, unusual things that maybe helped him as well. I- I've heard stories about how he was a cardio fiend. After a game was over, he'd go get on the treadmill for like 30 minutes to an hour. And if you watched him, he never looked tired. He had one of the most interesting running forms I've ever seen, almost because it was way too good of running form. You don't typically see that. But then his cardio, I don't ever remember seeing that guy tired, ever. So anyways, now Nebraska's last two games in basketball, okay, their average margin of victory, it'd be Penn State by 20, I'm sorry, uh, Michigan by 20, Penn State by 19, their average margin of victory is 19 and a half for those two games. So, you know, those two teams aren't exactly on fire when it comes to basketball, but they're looking good against those teams, and that's a good indicator that maybe they're starting to get rolling just a smidge. Okay. The Huskers are now, well, let me read actually this tweet from Redcast Rob. All right, shout out to Redcast Rob. Give him a follow at Redcast Rob on Twitter. Now, this was actually put out before the games this past weekend. Okay, just a little note there. Here's what it says, and I quote, Only one team is over 500 on the road in the Big Ten. That's Purdue, the number two team in the country. Again, this was put out before the weekend. And they're 5-2. and two. Nebraska currently has the best home record in the Big Ten at 16-1. and one. Hashtag GBR, end quote. So, I thought that was interesting. It's hard to win on the road, especially in the Big Ten. Now, Nebraska is 16-1 at home. 7-1 on the road, 18-8 overall. All right, and they have five games left on the season. By the way, all of them very winnable. They play Michigan again. I know they play Ohio State again. That's going to be a tough game. But they got some winnable games there. They could get to that magic mark of 22 games. That so many people, East Strickland, myself, others, have talked about as far as Nebraska getting in to the NCAA tournament. Even if they get to 21 wins, and then they win at least one game in the Big Ten tournament. I think they're in the NCAA tournament. Those are just my thoughts. All right. Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach of that ugly burn orange team from down south, gets an extension. Now, it's another coach included in the Alabama sweepstakes, sees his contract extended and his salary almost double. Completed year three of his six-year deal. They had him making, had him making $5.8 million in 2024, $6 million in 2025, and $6.2 million in 2020. 26. Now he will make $10.3 million in 2024 and $100,000 increase each year over the next six years, capped at $10.9 million in 2030. Now he can, he's got some nice bonuses in here. Okay. And if he achieves these things, they're, they're well deserved. He can earn an additional $1.85 million in performance bonuses annually, $300,000 for winning the SEC, $250,000 for making the CFP. Honestly, winning the SEC championship is probably going to be harder than making the 12-team CFP playoff field because there's going to be, God knows, 
I'm actually kind of scared. What, there's got to be a conference, six different conference champs? So that leaves six at-large bids? Something tells me the SEC is going to try to get like five of those six bids. But that, that's a topic that we'll get to eventually. $500,000 for making the CFP quarterfinal, $750,000 for making the CFP semifinal, $1 million for making the national championship, and $1.25 million for winning the national championship. Now, it should be noticed, Sarkeesian was recently critical of players leaving for the money during the NIL era. All right. Now, this is where I'm going to talk about something I don't think I've ever seen. Now, I haven't mentioned it yet. As always, hit me up with your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns. Otherwise, call or text 402-464-5685. Call or text 402-464-5685. The last 10 minutes of this show is always dedicated to the people. You can hit us up in the comments on YouTube as well. Now, this is per Brandon Marcello on Twitter. I think from last Friday. I've never seen anything like this. And we're going to see more things like it. We're going to see more head coaches like Chip Kelly leaving for coordinator positions like he did when he left UCLA, another Big Ten team, to be an offensive coordinator at Ohio State. We've seen a bunch of head coaches in, in college football go to be coordinators in the NFL. It's usually the other way around. NFL coordinators usually become college head coaches. I'm telling you, they got to fix the offseason in college football, and they got to do it fast. So here's what happened at Georgia State. Georgia State has postponed spring practice and its spring game is mind-blowing to me because head coach Sean Elliott resigned to become the tight ends coach, not a coordinator, to become the tight ends coach at South Carolina two days into spring practice at Georgia State. And he puts, never seen anything like this before. Neither have I. So a head coach at Georgia State doesn't leave to become a coordinator at South Carolina, just the tight ends coach. He said this offseason insanity in college football ain't for me. You're going to see more of it, and I'm going to try not to harp on it more than I already have. But you're going to see more of it if they don't fix the offseason. Right now, you got college football free agency, the transfer portal, during what's going to be the college football playoffs next year. Can you imagine that in the NFL? They're having the draft, a.k.a. National Signing Day. Let's be honest, it ain't even early National Signing Day. It's National Signing Day. In the middle of the bowl season, bowls don't matter. So let's say the CFP playoffs. So you got your draft, you've got your free agency, and you've got the most important time of the year. I could argue those are three of the most important times of the year. During the frickin' playoffs next year, and during bowl season and playoff prep for this year. Kyle Shanahan just fired his defensive coordinator. Okay. It's got to be assumed because of what happened in the Super Bowl. That guy's having a hard time finding a job at this point because there ain't many jobs open, even though he's a good D coordinator. My point is, if you're a CFP playoff team and you're looking for coaches, it's hard to find it at that point because most of those jobs are sewn up. And if you're a coach that get let, let, gets let go, most of those jobs are sewn up, so it's hard to find a job. So you got this crazy time. You, you got difficulties for coaches. You got a crazy time if you've got a job. Oh, by the way, the holidays are going. I think people forget, and I'm going to have to get to the Coach Prime Shitter, Travis Hunter stuff, the last 10 minutes of the show. And keep sending your questions, comments, concerns, because I'll get to those as well, as always. The people segment, the last 10 minutes of the show. Okay. And so, there's also holidays going on. I think people forget the coaches, players, are not just names and faces on a video game. You can cut, delete, 
and or trade at will. They're human beings with lives and families. This is all going on during Christmas, during the holiday season. So you got playoffs. You've got the college football draft signing day. You've got free agencies, the transfer portal. You got the holidays. You got it all going on at once. It's insanity. They got to fix it. I, I when I saw that tweet, I could not freaking believe it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. In about five minutes, I'm going to be talking with Mr. Matt Slauson. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.